Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. I want my legacy to be, at the end of the day, a community servant who serve the people of my community and help uplift my community and help save people's lives and be the guy who spoke for the, the voiceless. If I had enough money to put everybody on the boat to leave this place, Norris Ark, I guess Luke's, <laughs> Luke's Ark, and put all kids on the boat, I don't necessarily like adults because they are special. Get all the kids and some of the adults, throw them on the ark, and we just leave and create our own little world. You know, with education, new education, new houses and all that, just have a whole different perspective and not get those kids tainted into the same old BS. Can I be one of the adults that make the ark? Yeah. We did the uh, Warriors of Liberty City in collaboration with LeBron James. On Stars, that was amazing. Went to the premiere. I was yeah. disappointed, though, Luke. That you wasn't in there as a cheerleader? Maybe season two. Yes, We yes. can get a cheerleader alum. Yeah. I'm raising my No, the cheerleader first. Yeah. Okay, you, thank you. People don't know that you cheerleader at the program. And right. You played football. And thank your dad was the first, the founding member of Liberty City Optimus. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we have history out there. History. Tea Party Republicans. Those who want to start spitting on the African-American congressmen. Just talking a little racist, but not a lot. Like Marco Rubio and all them, Mateo Cruz. And then Donald Trump took it to a whole nother level and just said, fuck it, I'm with the Klan. <laughs> so he took Tea Party on steroids and then he just woke up the Aryan Nation. He woke up the trailer park and he said, fuck it. And so now he can do what he want to do and he can't lose. Hello everyone, this is Brittany Sharpton. We are here at Brit Happen. Normally we record at the Brit Happen Studios, but I am so excited and lucky to be in Luther Campbell's studio, which is called... It's called Uncle Luke's Recording Studios. Yes, here in a secret location near Wynwood. Yes, secret location near Wynwood. We're low-key. Very low-key, but super cool in here. So Luke, thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule. I know people say that all the time, but you literally are a living legend here in South Florida and arguably the country. You have an incredible social media following. I think your page is entertaining, very colorful, very (laughs) frank. Like I respect people who can actually speak their mind. A lot of misspelled words. It's about (laughs) the genius in your head, not the grammar. So you are obviously most well known for your hip-hop and entertainment life, but a lot of people don't know, which I want to talk about on today's podcast, your heavy civic and community involvement, political involvement. You have a column. Miami New Times. Miami New Times. Yep. Had a reality show. A couple of them. Reality show. Some years ago, after I kicked everybody out of my house, I just wanted to get too creative. You know, after the first year reality show, they want to get creative and make things up. And I don't okay. believe in that. And then after that, we did the uh, Warriors of Liberty City. 
show with in collaboration with LeBron James on Stars. Um, that was amazing. Went to the premiere. Are yeah. you all going to do a season well? Two? What happened is we're waiting to get it greenlit for the next year. Okay. Uh, they changed presidents at, okay. at Stars and trying to see what direction the new guy wants to go in. But everybody wants the show to come back. It did good. Did good mm-hmm. numbers. It was great for them coming right after Power when they went on hiatus. We came in filled the slot. So I'm pretty sure they want us more than ever now because they didn't have that this year. And it's very raw. It speaks to, like we said, your transparency and your straight shooter personality. I loved how nothing was sugar-coated, and it brought back a lot of memories from the park, even me watching it. I was yeah. disappointed, though, Luke. That you wasn't in there as a cheerleader? We didn't I, show your cheerleader Or I was like, Daryl, <laughs> linebacker. I mean, there was no feature, but maybe season two. Yes, We yes, can yes, at least yes. get, because a cheerleader alum. Yeah. I'm raising my No, cheerleader first. Yeah. Okay, you, thank you. People don't know that you cheerleader at the program. And right. And played football. And thank your dad was the first the founding member of Liberty City Optimus. Yep. Yes. Yep. We have history out there. History. People, people think, history. Brittany, you were at, Char- yes, I was. I was out there, and I, I enjoyed know, it. I know, right? And they'd be amazed. Right. I'm multifaceted. Yeah. See, this is proof, right? Yeah. Okay. I remember when y'all was kids, and I told your dad, I was like, look, you got the kids, you know, you're living in Miami Shores, and you got them... <laughs> Going to these bushy schools with all these white kids. You got to let them be able to see the darker side of town so that they can have a greater vision. And he was like, what you talking about? I can give my guys a no, bring your kids over here in the hood, and they can go back to Pleasantville. And it worked for you. It worked. I'm so grateful for exposure to everything. So, yeah. And I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Yeah, you can function with him doing the same thing with my son. Okay. He, Living in super Pleasantville, but... Please exactly. the best of them. Exactly, yeah. Because I can't give it to him. He got to be around them. Kids be around kids and they learn each other and they learn the culture of other kids. That's the most important part. So I'm forever grateful for that. Okay, how did you meet my dad? Through Miller Dawkins in the pool or I don't know that? I met your dad. I was recommended to him by one of my business friends. I was looking for a lawyer. Okay. Not a lawyer, but an accountant. Yeah. You know, I'm always looking for black this, black that. And so uh, I think it might have been Pierre who introduced oh, me okay. to him. Okay. And from that point, we established a business relationship. He was my accountant for years and, and uh, did a lot of work. And then once I wanted to start the youth program, I looked at the inner circle of people that I had around me and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, look, I want to start this program. Would you guys want to volunteer and be a part of it? And all of them, you, between him, Sam, you know, because Sam came to me and asked me to sponsor his baseball team. And I was like, oh, I'll sponsor baseball if we do football. He said, I don't know nothing about football. And I was like, well, I'm going to get a bunch of my friends who I played with on mm-hmm. Miami Beach and they'll come coach. You know, you just run the program and I'll sponsor the baseball. And then I had to then get guys, look at my inner circle. Your dad being an accountant, he was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you know, because we got to do a 501C, so mm-hmm. you got to do the paperwork. And then looked at Dewey Knight, you know, another mm-hmm. community guy. And then he got involved and Pierre was working at the time for Miller Dawkins. And I was working with Pierre's mom. No, my mom, they did hair. My mom did his mom hair. Oh, I didn't and know so that. it was like, yeah, it was okay. like, okay, well, we'll bring Pierre and then another friend of mine, mm-hmm. Michael Hopkins. And we just formed a board of people. And, you know, I ended up reaching back to some of my coaches at Nora Optimus on Miami Beach where I played football at. And I asked them to help us uh, get into Pop Warner. And then at that time, I was doing the parties at the Teen Disco. And so the police that was out there, one okay. of them was Gerald Dollins, who okay. ended up becoming the city of Miami police chief. And a school board police chief. Oh, cool. So everything up, you yeah, recruited from all your network. All my little networks. Uh-huh. My, my police at the front, 
No, you come on in. You okay. coach the football at Edison. You come on in. So then we all formed this okay. little organization called Liberty City Optimist, and that was 30 years ago. I was going to say how long ago was that, and the rest yeah, is history. Next year now. we'll be celebrating 30 years. That's major. Are you going to do a big celebration? We, oh, yeah. We're gonna okay. Celebrate. we got to have a board meeting to talk about all Oh, I'm excited. Celebrations Off the ra- okay. that we got to put together okay. and the history. I want to see everybody bring the pictures. Right. The we should pictures. display the pictures yeah. and try to bring back as many people as and possible. Bring it uh, exactly all year. Okay. Everyone yep. is yep. grateful for that experience. And you've been incredibly dedicated to the program. Obviously, work to get the building, Sam Johnson building, which mm. is beautiful. If people haven't stopped by. So how have you used, speaking of the New Times column, how have you used that to help influence pretty much as a voice for our community to the broader community? I use the column because as my own personal newsletter, I don't get no money for doing the column. I don't work for the New Times. I do the column for free. And my whole idea was, you know, when you look at the two major newspapers, whether it's Miami Herald or Miami New Times, which is the second largest newspaper. And I just feel like there's nobody really writing from the black perspective. Right. You have black people writing, but you don't have anybody writing from the black perspective. And most of the African Americans that are writing for those newspapers, they're probably not from here, mm-hmm. or they are from a different segment of the community and not necessarily writing from the level of the streets. What I try to provide is I tell my stories from the African American perspective. You know, I'm the voice for the voiceless people in the community, mm-hmm. whether it's in the barbershop or the beauty salon and, and things that they talk about on a regular basis other than skirting around the issue. Exactly. Uh, playing around the issue. This is what we're really saying. And I try and talk about things that'll make you think versus the norm. You know, it's almost like, you know, we all can talk about Donald Trump mm-hmm. and his situation on uh, impeachment hearings. It just tell the news the same way but I kind of like to get you before that you know God gave me a little gift I kind of see a lot of things before it happened you predict (laughs) something you do and then you have receipts for them yeah yeah. because I mean you know when you look at the world everything goes in circles and I was taught by my dad and my uncle they talk a lot about our culture and our people and Mm -hmm. who we are in the country that we live in so a lot of things are easy to predict because Mm -hmm. Some people, they just use the same playbook. And regurgitate the same information. Same thing. Or they're too afraid. And what I respect about you is you have the guts to say things that, like you mentioned, and not all black reporters are like this, but they're too afraid because they're scared of their job security or they feel like, I don't want to come across as extra black. So it's just refreshing to have a successful person in the community who is not afraid to speak up from our voice. And it's it's not just the voice. all demographics. You know, the most unique thing about it, you know, and coming from the music industry part of it, which what I know is what a lot of reporters don't know, that people outside of our community respect our opinion. I mean, because at the end of the day, they love our music. They love our culture. They love our shoes. They love our dress. They, they love, love our, our color. They love our they features. Love the they lips, love everything. They love the ass. They love everything. They love everything they love until everything they get pulled over. Us. Exactly. So they are more interested in what our opinion is on things more than people really believe. So I always have people, always, wherever I'm at, you know, white people, Hispanics, and they'll they'll come to me, man, I read your column all the time. Some things 
I don't agree with some mm-hmm. things that I do agree with, but you always take us someplace that body has never right. took us, you know, and makes you think. And I say that's the most important part of it to create conversation. Right. Something yeah. thought provoking because you always, even if it's not people coming up to you, I read the comments. You definitely know how to get people talking. <laughs> right. And it's sometimes yeah. it's not intentional. It's just, it's organic, yeah. which I think people gravitate toward. And yeah, yeah. And I love it. That's why, I mean, you know, I love being able to give people a different perspective. You know, that's the main thing. You know, something different and fresh versus the same old, same old. Like sometimes I'll just go away for a couple of weeks and don't do a column and they'll be calling me, fighting. Like, right. where's the column? Where's the column? They need you that know, fix. And, yeah, they need, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> But then it comes natural. I mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and something be on my mind that I slept on all night. And then here we see you. Hey, yeah. good morning. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I always look forward to those. So Yeah. So, I mean, when I ran for office, you know, I ran to get us, you know, I know I wasn't going to really win. I hope to win, but I know I wasn't going to win in the real world. But then I know <laughs> I created a voter's base, which surprised everybody. Well, we got about 20% of the entire electric. So right now, that's why I'd be able to get things done at the park and other places because right. large part of the time they need me to endorse them with my percentage You have a, a very strong constituency. And yes, and I, that newspaper article is more like my newsletter. Okay, to them about right. About things that are going on, like I'll tweet, see something on Facebook, and people be talking about it, whether it's paying tolls. You know, and the majority of people are having a problem paying tolls, but then I know the major newspaper, some kind of way they're tied into writing the right thing because everybody owns everybody. Exactly. Somebody like me would come out there and be like, man, I'm sick of these damn tolls. And this is a shame, and when the hell did we have to start paying to get on the highway? Right. I remember back in the days when we had one toll, and that toll was over here, and we had another one by the Gratton, and you could avoid them, and you could still get where you're going at right now, and now right. at the end of the month, the tolls have turned into a daggone... It's another expense. Every time I check mortgage. my statement, I'm like, uh, some pass is taking up way too much space on this. Exactly. It's no so. different than what water used to be. Right. <laughs> Even though I do yeah. love my sparkling water. You yeah, probably yeah, yeah. do, too. Yeah. Uh, hey, you I, you haven't gotten that bougie? Oh, I drink everything. Oh, okay. If it's got to be in the freezer, if I don't have a faucet there, yeah. so okay. I got to put it in the re- refrigerator. If you want some water, I got you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So how do you think that we can replace leaders like Solomon Stinson, Garth Reeves, Barbara Carey, Miller Dawkins? I feel like one of the main reasons I came back to Miami from New York, I went to school in Philly, then New York, and I came back, obviously, to join my family's company. I ended up starting my own thing two years ago, but I was inspired because I was thought that they would be just something more transformative. I feel like there's so much potential, but I'm admittedly disappointed with some of the local leadership and I won't right, name right, any names. Right, but what right. since you are that voice, I would love your opinion on what you think that we can do to try to replace some of these great leaders. Well, that was part of the reason why I ran for office, to get that base of people because I know a lot of people what people don't understand is there's two sets of voters. Just let's use the African American community. You got a hood and you have <laughs> You know, grandma at the church. Right. Grandma's church is going to vote regardless. Oh, they come out. The AARP. Don't they meet they at, the park? at the park? That's, and right. They're they going to come out. They're voting regardless. <laughs> and normally, <laughs> they control who goes into office. They control the vote. Okay. Because young African Americans and most of us that hang out, out in the hood, mm-hmm. they're not voting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that is the determining vote. 
That vote determines who wins. That's the right. vote that came out and pushed Obama past right. Hillary Clinton and pushed them past John McCain to win the election. And hence why all the white exactly. politicians come to the churches, which to me is a slap in the... It's yeah, like but, so yeah, so but the churches, is two things. is church, those are regular African-Americans, liberals who are just going to vote. They'll vote regardless. So you'll go to church and normally get that vote. You know what I'm saying? That vote will get... They would have voted. That vote will get the status quo in. But then you have a person like me go run, I get a wide range of people, mixed mm-hmm. You know, which blew their mind because when you go back and look at the road, you'll see Jews, Hispanics, young, black, this mm-hmm. and that. But most of those people, which a large part of African-American based on my voters, mm-hmm. they voted for Obama. They went and got a card because they got energized. They wanted to be able to vote for the first African-American right. black president. They did that. They got a card, those young people. But from that point on, mm-hmm. they didn't see anybody excited, right? To entice them to get out and vote. Right, so you have grandma and granddaddy, they're going to go vote, Mm -hmm. you know, in the regular, us regular people, we're going to go vote. Right. So those are the, that crowd there gets you voted, so they get the status quo in. So now, if it's Audrey Edmonds running, Mm -hmm. she's going to win, because nobody is in the race that's going to energize us, and then that vote in the hood. Right. Same thing, when you look at Donald Trump, Donald Trump took the conservative Republican Party, which, what they call it, uneducated white, uneducated whites don't vote for the regular Republican Party because they look at him as an insurance man. Mm -hmm. So those uneducated white people who look at all politicians, white, black, green, and purple, they look at them all as aliens, y'all are not for the country, y'all are not going to do anything for us. We live in our trailer parks. We're on welfare because people don't know it's more whites are on welfare than African-Americans. Exactly. I'm happy that you reiterated right. that. So those people, just like what they call uneducated African-Americans, mm-hmm. people living below poverty, we don't get excited when the guy come with the suit. That's so true. then grandma, granddaddy, and that regular establishment normally puts those people and they keep controlling the same thing over and they and just over keep recycling yeah. what you don't like and what you see mm-hmm. in our politics they keep putting them in mm-hmm. in office and then 99.1% of the time they are receiving money from these establishments that ain't for us Right. You know, they'll get money from Latin Builders Association or any other Latin white association. Or some other pa- anonymous them. pack that there's a right, exactly. Right. So then you are working for them as So you're working to, for them and right. you're not really working for the community. Right. And so now your job to stay in office because Continue they're the only one putting money mm-hmm. into your campaign because African Americans then do not have a tendency of putting money into campaigns or doing fundraisers. They put the money into their campaign before right. you know it. They got to repay them people. Exactly. And, and they so want to stay in office because then your ego gets so big that you don't know how to live a life without being a politician. Yeah. So it's, it's a vicious they have cycle. To, yeah, they right. have to bow down to those people because those people actually own them. So what I did, right, is I knew all this was going on. I figured the only way we'll be able to get some things done in the community is I got to do two things. I got to run, establish a base, you know, establish a newsletter where I can communicate and be able to be in a position where I'm the kingmaker, not right. necessarily the king, to endorse and all those, those ways of getting things done. But at the same time, be able to help elect young people that has the same vision mm-hmm. as the people who I represent, the constituents that I represent. And so now I can go out and I vet people. I'll have conversations mm-hmm. with them 
hey, look, what's on your platform? Why are you actually running? Right. Yeah. Asking real questions. So this was a very strategic move. All right. So speaking, 2020 is a big year, not only on the national platform, but here locally. So I'm excited about the changes, but... I don't know. What are your thoughts? There's going to be some major changes because what you had and what you're talking about is you had just when you look at county politics and everybody on the county board, those people have been there for decades. Forever. Forever. But thank God the people voted for terms. And so they turned out. So you'll have about four elected officials and maybe three or four of them African Americans mm-hmm. that are termed out yep. that was owned by the establishment. And so now you have some new younger people coming in, younger people with different ideals. But look, what do you think of this though? This is some of my concern. Okay, they've been in office for a super long time. There's term limits now. But of mm-hmm. course they're going to try to recruit or they have recruited people who pretty much how do we avoid them being a puppet for the old regime and not trying to be critical because there are some positive things that have gotten done? But I've always felt like maybe we have to clean house and start over with fresh ideas because I'm excited about youthfulness. But then it's like if they're going to be a puppet for the old people, it's nothing new. Well, the way you do it, you got to energize the silent majority, which y'all call the voiceless. And that silent majority is that other party. I give it a name. What, the, the, the hood party? party? Oh, the hip-hop party. Okay. Yeah, it should be hood party. All right, the Clean. hip-hop party. The hip-hop party. More. Okay. Yeah, I don't say urban or that. Uh, you know, because oh, yeah. When you look at hip-hop, everybody listens to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know, white, black, green, purple, young, millenniums, everybody. Right. People grew up on it. You know, my age. Obviously, your age, mm-hmm. we came up on hip-hop. So we have some of us got a militant ideal and some of us are rebelistic. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's white kids, they're rebels. And if it's <laughs> anybody else... Is more militant. So the thing is, I look at it like this here. And this this is some things that we did in some other elections and got people elected. When we put the information out that we're endorsing this individual right here, then those, that base of people, then get energized. So when they don't normally vote, they didn't go vote. And then the other part of it, in order to keep your elected officials, Mm -hmm. you have to do fundraisers. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, at the end of the day, they got to buy their posters, the flyers, they got to buy the TV commercials, they got to buy all these different things, right. and so we have to do fundraisers, like, I did a fundraiser, <laughs> one of my first fundraisers for um, board member Dorothy Mendigo, and that was probably her biggest fundraiser, oh, wow. and see, okay. unfortunately, when it comes to African Americans in their race, because you got to start there first, you got to mm-hmm. control your own neighborhood, you know, because if you let them put all the money into your African American politician then you're not going to be able to get anything done. And if you don't cut the table with anything, you're not going to be able to get anything done because they're going to hold their feet to the fire. Like you said, you're working for them. Yeah, so, you know, I did a series of fundraisers. I did did that one for her, raised a bunch of money. So she can go sit up on that dais and say what she feel. Like, nah, hell no, nah, y'all gonna do the right thing for all these uh, schools in my district, Miami Northwestern, Central, Jackson, Edison, and all this. You, and she don't have, she ain't got no strengths. She ain't got nobody right. to own her. And then when you look at those races, because those races, the numbers ain't high. 2,000 people, you win. It's so crazy you know, to like, me. Yeah. I take uh, Commissioner Hardiman's mm-hmm. race. He ran against Pastor Dunn. Right. Dunn had already uh, been in. He was more similar to the incumbent. The establishment, all the Latin builders and all the people who wanted to own that seat, they had so much money dumped into him because they knew they was going to control him. And then mm-hmm. here we got this little guy, Keon Hardiman, fresh <laughs> out of law school from Hadley Park. 
grew up out there uh, playing ball, you know, with your brothers and everybody mm-hmm. else. And so it is. So we then said, okay, look, we're gonna go door to door. You know, let's test this base and see if it really grassroots. It, let's see if it really works. So that was pretty much one of my first campaigns after running for okay. office. That I said, okay, let's energize this base. You know, when you had the Miami Herald coming down on him and his family, tying him with some of the things that some of the family members did. And why would y'all, the world was against him because that's what the establishment does. Mm-hmm. And he came through it. I mean, he beat two, beat the Dunn and he beat another opponent who was former uh, director of DCF. So okay. he beat some very popular people. Right. And when he got in the runoff, it was just no contest. So this proves that your got, strategy works. Yes. And okay. we got this young base of people. And those people who had those cards and was like, yo, man, this young brother, and he didn't have the same money. This young brother is going to get it done. And he got up and he has to then speak the word, you know. Fearlessly. Yeah, he got to speak the word fearlessly. Mm-hmm. And he did that. And so now, <laughs> you know, he's getting, you know, so he ends up going and wins another term because he's doing the right thing in the community. So when, when I look at the county board, we have an opportunity of changing the face of Miami exactly. with this new group coming in. You know, whether it's commission from down south all the way up Chicago, north, and yeah. then now you get a bunch of young, vibrant African Americans, men and women, on the county commission. Plus, we would have to run somebody, which I'm trying to push to Pierre Rutledge hard because he has the experience. <laughs> push him to run for Keon seat now. We have, you know, a, it's, a voice. yeah, it's the same thing with Steve Gallen. I mean, Steve and Miss Mendigal on the school board, they can get up there and talk and say what they want to say because the people put them in. Right. The special interest groups did not put them. You know, those commissioners that you have that have set us back so many years that are on that dais right now, special interest groups control them. And so I say to all of everybody, we have to take control of our politicians. And because just the vote ain't gonna get it. It's more than just going out to vote. And even if you don't live in that district, you can't write a hundred dollar check. It's super frustrating, but I'm happy. Yeah, that, I mean, it's $25. You know. Right, even $25. just bought at least 15 signs. You just gave them $25, they bought 15 signs to put up in the neighborhood. And then, you know, in, a, in I mean, like, you look at some of these elections in the way you probably, I always, I always tell people to educate them on it, election, you can always, which is public knowledge, you can always go see where a candidate is getting his money from. Right. You, and if you look at that. Look at the campaign reports. They're all public. Look at it, they're all public. If and it has to detail how you spend, because I was a treasurer on some of these campaigns. You can see where the money is going. It's all transparent. But if you see a person, and 99.1% of the time, the guy who got the most money, he has the gift of gab, and you'll see where he's getting his money from, and you just got to look, because he has to replace. Them people ain't getting no money just, cause, cause just because good of the goodness of their heart. No. A lot of people got upset with me when I didn't support Andrew Gillum. You know, they said, oh, why you he's a black man running mm-hmm. and all this, and why you ain't support Andrew Gillum and he the guy running? I was like, first of all, I don't know him. You would be honest. I don't you know don't him. I know the mayor of Miami Beach. You know, me and him good friends, we got a working relationship. You know, if I need something done on Miami Beach, I get it done. If I need him to do something in the city of Miami, he gets it done. I don't have that relationship with this guy. He's a stranger. Do you have a white person that you deal with locally that all of a sudden you're going to throw him in the garbage for a guy from North Florida that you never met? because he black. 
And what did they say? And no. it's, everybody get the dog. It's one of those things that get people thinking. Yeah, it gets them thinking. Gets and you, then at yeah. the same time, I say, even with that said, being that he is my friend, you know, and I have a working relationship with him, that's different than my community. Right. Now we're talking about the issues. What are things that we need to get done in our community? Now we need to have that conversation. So what's your platform? Here's some things that we need. And what you think you about some of these things. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because I always look at you. can lie to me right now. I'll get right. you later. You know, I'll do it for you today. Right. And murder you with that pen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, when you go back on what right. you got to live with me for the rest. That's so, true. Unfortunately, I have that that I could do mm-hmm. that another person can't do. Like, they can come to you and your community and lie to you and say, look, oh, we're going to do this, do that, because they did a poll mm-hmm. as to what things that you want. We're going to bring the, the Metro Rail in here. No damn well, ain't going to be no Metro Rail in there. <laughs> you ain't even got the space to bring. But you all talking about, we want Metro Rail. Well, we can't have a Metro Rail. Y'all can't have Metro You don't have enough room, and they're not going to. There's no infrastructure. They, they can't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they'll come and tell you that. So, but at the same time, I didn't be like, yeah, man, you said you're going to get Metro Rail. Every day you lie. I'm going to hold you accountable. And you don't win next time. Most people want to stay the full terms and go to do something else. Like you said, you'll get them back not only with the pin, but the next time you'll just yeah, they'll be, they'll, Yeah, they'll be living in hell every week. Because I'm, I'm on every other now and then, I'm going to stick you and say you're a liar. <laughs> and who wants to be called a liar? And see a Nobody. Liar? Yeah, and I tell people all the time, you got to get involved in the political process to get things done. Like you said, early on, we got a new building done, all all these things got done at our park is because of the relationship or because we get out there and go door to door, knock on the doors. We didn't energize and interject the young people because mm-hmm. now the AARP people did not support Keon Hardman. Okay. Straight up. They told okay. him straight up. They supporting Reverend Dunn. So we had to then look at their numbers and say, okay, we had to double their numbers. Right, because they are strong people. and they're consistent. They're strong and consistent. Yeah. They're considered as super voters. So we have to double their numbers in order to win. So then when we did that, I remember going over there one day and a couple <laughs> of people were like, oh, you got us this time. I said, no, I ain't got you. They're we all very in this together. Those AI yeah, people. I said, no, we all in this together. I said, it ain't about a competition. No, Mm -hmm. it's about getting the right person in there because you got to understand, you know, status quo is Mm -hmm. allowing them to buy our elections, allowing them to then come in with a couple dollars and buy y'all a couple dinners and then y'all let them turn them loose with your absentee ballot and before you know it, we lose the election and the community suffers and y'all wonder why ain't nothing getting done around here. Over, like you said, they'll have a party some dinners. Just something so basic. I'm yeah, thinking. take you out to shuffleboard or rent your bus and go just, out to the bowling alley and all of a sudden oh, you love, oh, I love Mr. Bobby. Bobby, who do you think I should vote for a child? And next day, no, Mr. Bobby I, and we didn't got sold down the river. Right. From, no. With a budget of $500. With a bu- and so I understand that and you like know I how say, to navigate. Yeah, so the thing is that solid majority, the people that they don't expect to go and vote, then we energize that vote. So and please, they won't go if vote I will help you this time, I mean, because I really want 2020 to be different. Right. And I cannot do it alone. So I'm happy that we're reigniting this conversation. I am, because I'm, I actually even considered I wanted to get into politics when people say, you really want your life out there. I think you can be more effective yes. as an entrepreneur a fundraiser, uh, I guess a community person. It's kind of like you. Yeah. You're just 
Actually, no, I we need we, listen, we need more candidates. That's the biggest problem because you don't have as many candidates. We have good young people who are intelligent enough, who do enough community service, who has an idea as to what they want, you know, and who can read. Because we have a baseline. Listen. We've had politicians that are turned out right now that absolutely cannot read. You know what I'm saying? And so it kind of sickens me when they're running people who can't read. You know what I'm saying? And then they have to depend on Julio Chavez over here, the attorney, to then tell them, oh, this is what this say, uh, Susie. And, they and then Susie's going to die and be screaming and hollering. And then all of us be sitting in the, like, in the, in that the- shit don't say that. <laughs> what is she talking about? Uh, I mean, she can ready to get a farm away. Julio Chavez, her aide, who she's paying, has given her the wrong advice. You know what I'm saying? She can't even verify it. She can't even verify it because she can't fucking read. You know what I'm saying? So let's and get someone who's literate, can add just up to 10. That's all. We got Excel, and sm- calculator. Exactly. And smart enough to know that they're not the smartest smart person, person in, the room. in the room. I don't want to be the smartest person you in the room. Exactly. I want my team to be smarter than me to make me look. Exactly. But people don't. Anyway. But that's what we have to do. I mean, we have to, you know, because it's going to be a very important election. It's going to change the entire fabric mm-hmm. of how we live in the next 10 years. I mean, you know, y'all young people, next 10 or 20 years, what we do right now after this election and the things that we put in place, that's what's going to affect. You know, and so it's more important for younger people, for my son and everybody like that, because, you know, they're giving away Miami to Europeans like super fast and I have to bend over backwards twice just to get a fraction of something and then I'm still getting pushed back when I'm a local I'm a local young black entrepreneur who came back to South Florida to try to like continue a family legacy spur economic development and it's yeah it's tough but then it's tough and then it becomes super super political so like I say we don't have enough young educated African American men and women that's willing to go that's mm-hmm. from here to come right. back and go and do it. I mean, we'll have people that that are not from here. And just like I say, going back to Gillum, going back to him, you know, is when you look at these guys platform and you look at where they get their money from, and you're sitting there talking to them about the African American need, they can't do nothing for you. They can't even give you a concrete answer on anything because they've already sold that. Mm-hmm. Even they, if they wanted to, away. Yeah. they have to bite their tongue because they think, yeah, it's my, like, I can't do my it. My war chest. Yeah. Exactly. When, when you're talking about medical marijuana or something like that, and we have African-American men who went to jail for marijuana, so that's them paying the price. So why should they be excluded from being able to obtain a license? Because they went to jail for selling marijuana or growing marijuana. Mm-hmm. And then now you got to be this squeaky clean person with no arrest records and no criminal background, history, or anything, which y'all set us up. Y'all use us as a test exactly. tool of how to arrest people. It's funny. I just was thinking about this today, and I'm thinking now all these people making all this money, yeah. I guess white corporate America, now it's legal. When the history books are written, what do you want them to say about Luther Campbell? What am I going to read about in 50 years? When the history books are written. Yes. What are they going to say? What is your legacy? What would you like your legacy to be? What I want my legacy to be. I want my legacy to be, at the end of the day, a community servant who served the people of my community and helped uplift my community and helped save people's life. And, and you know, just you know, be the guy who spoke for the, the voiceless, you know, at the end of the day. Because I just think 
everything I do. And a lot of times I'll be like, man, I'm tired of this shit. You know, let me just go away. Because when I go away, fortunately, when I leave and go out of town, I'm out of of town a lot. It's like so peaceful because I go in a hotel room or wherever I'm going to stay at and I have nothing to do. It's got to feel good just to shut off everything. Yeah, I have no meetings to go to. I have no... Uh, somebody called me and said, hey, something going on over here. Commissioner didn't want to talk to you or this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, something going on. Uh, any mm-hmm. commi- it's just so peaceful. So sometimes I'll be saying to myself, I might need that. Uh, if I, just, look, I leave, yeah, I get more bang for my buck. <laughs> but I always look at it and say, I'm leaving these little kids. <laughs> if I had enough money to put everybody on the boat to leave this place, Norris Ark, I guess Luke's, <laughs> Luke's Ark, they put all black kids on the boat. I don't necessarily like adults. I don't <laughs> like them too much because they are special. Get all the kids and some of the adults, throw them on the ark, and we just leave and create our own little world, you know, with education, new education, new housing, and all that. Just have a whole right. other different perspective and not get those kids tainted into the same old BS. You know, you have to have probably I a world like with no TV. Can I be one of the adults that make the art? Yeah, you thank you. All right, thank you. So, last two. This is real quick. Cause what's the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? The last thing I ordered on Amazon, I think of that microphone in that room okay. back there. All right, being a music legend, who are some of your favorite current artists? Some of my favorite current artists. Mm-hmm. Ratchet That's, or not? I'm all over the place. Okay. Current artists, oh man, I'm all, all everywhere. You're talking about from City Girls to Justin Bieber, or what, what do you mean all over the place? I'll, Salon? Yeah, what well, I'll go from Justin Bieber to City Girls. Okay. To, I'm all over the place. I listen to, if you look at my phone, it's like got everything. Everything, in it. okay. It's got everything. In it. I mean, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll stomach Kanye West after his little crazy. That so, Jesus album? Oh. I haven't, I couldn't listen to the whole thing. No, I mean, I'm just, I listen to music totally different. Being that I'm an artist and a producer, Mm -hmm. we listen to it different. Okay. You know, it has to be, it can't be comical or gimmicky. Like some stuff like really threw me off. I don't want to call no names, which I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I might get a day job. (laughs) If this shit is happening. You know, which I know a lot of people say that about me when we first came out on the scene, it was probably saying, this shit here, you know, versus what we do and all that. But this shit was way to the extreme. And I was like, if this is what we, I'm like, hold if on. people are paying for this. Yeah, but I was looking at the Netflix docuseries with T.I. Oh, uh, and Cardi B and, and Chance Cardi the B Rapper. And, all them, and mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper. And Chance is my favorite. I like Chance. I mean, I listen to all this, so I guess that is my favorite. Oh, we pulled one out. Yes, confidently say this. Okay, I Um, like how he carries himself, and I like his music. Yeah, that's my favorite um, rapper right now. Right now, tomorrow, Chance, somebody else. But just looking at that show, kind of give you know again, we always creating, and we're always trying to stay ahead of the curve. You know, just looking at that show kind of inspired me more so than anything. Because when you look at all the hip-hop artists that are on the show and you look at the audience, it's like we're going back to real hip-hop. That's refreshing. You know what I'm saying? Versus, you know, not to say what we have now is not hip-hop. I'm not, I'm not one of those old heads who say, oh, this is all mumbo-jumbo trash. I don't say that because I came from the school that if you can sell a record, that means you're in the record business. 
You know, a lot of people are in the business of music, but they're not in the record business. Oh, that's you a know? good one. Okay. And so if I can get you to buy this, whether it sounds like trash, and you bought it, I'm in the business now. So you have to respect that. You know, and so I respect all artists who create a fan base and fans buy it, whether I like it or not. You that's know, true. I can't like everything. Right. We're not going to like everything. But at the same time, it's refreshing to see that. And I'm just interested in seeing where we go Next, that none of those artists sound like what you listen to today on the radio or what people are supposed to be buying. None of them sound like that. They're like lyricists and they're getting it in. And, you know, I got to finish looking at the thing Me too. Uh, because I haven't had time. But crowd is engaged in the lyrics and the beat and all that. You so can understand can I, what they're saying. It's yeah, talent. so exactly. It's talent and it's, you know, and, and because with us creators, we're always looking for the new, and we're always trying to be here. We don't you should be one of the judges for the next season, now that we're, as we're talking. Nah, I don't know. Oh, but you, you, are all, you too busy? Yeah. Okay. They pay me enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're always looking for what's new. What's mm-hmm. the new it? What can, can set the bar to another level here? So when you look at these artists, and I look at it, some of these artists are real creative, real good, real, you know, uh, versus... You know, and people like them, and mm-hmm. they come off, and the lyrics are hot. Yeah. You know, the look and the talk, and, you know, because we're looking at a lot of things. person like me who's just consuming, I wouldn't even pay as much attention. Yeah, I have to look at them from the perspective as if you're going to like them or not. Okay. Or uh, a certain demographic of people, okay. which represents a certain amount of sales, are going to like that person or not. So you have your business side and your creative side working. Yeah, you, you, you have to put it together. Okay. Because it, it, you got to know how you get ready to ride down. And if it's too crowded, gotta get off. Yeah, get off. If it's too expensive, you don't. Toes too high. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you got Cardi B and City Girls and a whole bunch of other Megan Thee Stallion. You know them exactly, Mm -hmm. and they ride down that highway. It's a little pat. You do go that way. It's almost like Donald Trump. Donald Trump went from conservative party. He went from Democratic Party to conservative Republicans, and then he looked at the conservative Republicans, and the ones who were winning was the Tea Party Republicans. Those are the ones start spitting on the African-American congressmen, just talking a little racist, but not a lot, like Marco Rubio and all them, and Ted Cruz, and then Donald Trump did what? He then went and took it to a whole nother level and just said, fuck it, I'm with the Klan. <laughs> so he took Tea Party on steroids, and then he just woke up. He woke up the Aryan Nation. He woke up all the poor white trash. He woke up the trailer park. And he it's woke, been working for him. He woke up all the uneducated whites, and he said, fuck it. And so now he can do what he want to do, and he can't lose. Right. And so now the establishment, the conservative Republican Party, they got to sit there with zip lips. Because that's the, his rep, the rep, it's Trump it's Nation, sad. yeah, Trump Nation, which is the poor white trash. Them fuckers is out there saying, no, yeah, you can shoot a motherfucker on Madison Avenue. And you still going to win. Right. And then now what ends up happening, the regular established Republicans, and we still voting Republican. Yeah, we might not like him. So they're winning. So again, whenever you get the hood nation, if you get a candidate to wake the hood nation up and say, okay, Fuck that. You know, and they go up there and say, fuck you, Trump. That's the only way you're going to win. And then, hey, the establishment, the, you know, the elite, you know, uh, Democrats got to sit there. Man, that sounds like I might need to run against Trump. Huh? I might and have to run against him. You should. That would be some this shit. is an exclusive. 
So thank you so, so much, Luke. I know that you have to go. But how can people find you online? They can find me at Uncle Luke Real One Number One. On Instagram. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. And I'm on Facebook. What's my fan page? I got like three But the point is, you can Google Luke and find find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out on Instagram. Instagram for the young people. Facebook for the Twitter 50 for plus. the white people. <laughs> and Facebook for the Negroes. That's where y'all can find me at. So if you if you fit in any one of them categories, that's where you can find me at. That's how I broke it all down. Okay. Or if they really want us, they can come out to Liberty City, Charles Hadley Park. Yeah. Once a week. I'm now on Wednesday. I call it customer service day. Why is everybody's <laughs> problem? They're not going to drive me in the green. Luke, thank you so much. You're this welcome. was amazing and I will be reaching out for part two no problem but I appreciate this thank you so much thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode I'll see you next time don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com bye